Coming to you from San Mateo, California, this is Stories from the Sales Floor, the podcast that connects you with crushers of quotas, barons of the bottom line, and revenue-generating royalty. Here are your hosts, Ben Sardella, co-founder and CRO at Datanize, and Brandon Redlinger, head of growth at Persist IQ. Welcome to today's show. I'm Brandon Redlinger. And I am Ben Sardella. So today we've got we've got a great show, Ben. We're revisiting one of our most popular topics. I think the most listened to podcasts so far, and that is, what is some advice you would give to your younger self? Yeah, this one is definitely one of my favorite parts of our series. Uh, and we all know hindsight's twenty twenty. They've probably been in times where you've thought, you know, I wish I knew what I know now, and and I would have done things a little differently. So. I'm actually kind of glad that they don't know because it, it makes for some great stories for our podcast, though, right? But uh, so we asked our guests to imagine, you know, if they had a time machine, a, a DeLorean, a blue police box, um, whatever, if you could go back and give the you that's just getting started in sales some tidbits of advice that helped them succeed. Yeah, and over the course of these interviews, we definitely noticed uh, a pretty consistent theme. Yeah, so let's dive right in and see if they can catch our theme. So first guest we have today is Mike Weinberg, one of my favorite sales authors, and he is also a speaker and sales coach. Um, You can check out his books, Sales Management Simplified and New Sales Simplified. Uh, Just go over to his website, newsalescoach.com. Yeah, Mike would tell his younger self to watch and learn from the best. It definitely makes sense, so take a listen. Looking back, I'd say a couple things. One... I would spend more time trailing and being mentored by top producers so I could really see what they were doing. There is such a difference between how top people behave and how the average people in sales behave. So I would have, I would have invested more time watching the people that were great and realizing how different, how different they were. Um, and the other thing I would say to my, to my younger self is, you have a really good sales gut. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. You know, just because they tell you to go in there and bring this slide deck and and run through this brochure, or or just because the customer wants you to come in and and present, kind of like the, the the other story I told about that embarrassing situation. It, you don't have to do what the customer tells you, and you don't have to do what your what your company tells you if it's not right. You feel it out, and uh, it's much more about understanding the customer and their situation and what they're trying to accomplish. And if you, if you do that well and you come across as a true consultant and a true person who is motivated to help your, your client win, then you're going to win too. And I wish I would have understood that at a younger age. And up next, we have Garth Moulton. And Garth is the co-founder of Jigsaw, a business directory company that was acquired by Salesforce. And you probably know it better today as data.com. Um, and he is currently the SVP of business development at People. And Garth regrets not networking enough as he was climbing up the sales ladder. I mean, something I've definitely, luckily, I've put a lot of weight on from the start. Uh, I thought, always thought it was really important to keep in touch with folks. And definitely with today's tools, it's a lot easier. But back in the day, it, it was it was kind of a challenge. So, you know, here we are, we're young, we meet all these great influential people. And, and a lot of times we don't keep in touch. And it really is important to do that. So just make sure you're, you're, calling them the right name, right? Exactly, exactly. So take a listen, party on, Garth. Well, my first sales experience was coming right out of school. I went into sales 
Because I didn't know Unix, and uh, they liked me, but uh, there was really no other place to, uh, to, to put me. And I was actually hired with 10 other people, and f- fully. Uh, and I now know that they, they were fully intending to get rid of seven of them um, <laughs> and just keep three. And it was like, hey, we'll get all these Ivy League, you know, Ivy League experiment, basically. And, uh, and I uh, the, put it this way, the, uh, yeah, I, I, felt the, I felt the axe right underneath my feet. And they let me know. They're like, look, your numbers aren't the best, but we kind of think that you get this enough to, we're, that we're going to take a chance on you. Um, but that was, my, you know, that was my first sort of official sales experience. But at any rate, if I were to talk to myself then, uh, first and foremost, uh, especially after the jigsaw experience, but also everything I know about sales, uh, I, I should have been documenting every single person that I met. I mean, I had a very unique opportunity in that uh, uh, our company, we, you know, they're very much thought leaders and we had access to very high levels and very large companies very early. But that was all I knew. So they were just old guys in seats to me. And uh, I really should have uh, kept in contact with all of them. And uh, that really wasn't, it sounds ridiculous now in this day of CRM and LinkedIn and everything. But then it just never really occurred to me to, that I should, be, uh, I should be, you know, building my Rolodex and, uh, and staying in contact with these companies, not only the, the individuals, but the, uh, the companies. The other piece of advice that I would give myself was, uh, would be to, um, I'd say I spent a large part of my 20s uh, really wondering if I really wanted to be in sales and having a little bit of a hang up with, uh, you know, as my grandmother said when I told her that I was going into sales, she was like, well, you didn't go to Brown so you could go into sales, you know, like I was going to be a, you know, a carpetbagger or something, you know, selling furniture down on the, you know, which is in her mind, that's what I was doing, you know, boozy, you know, full of shit, you know, <laughs> just know nothing, uh, you know, guy from down the way. And, uh, um, and, and I did, I had, uh, I, I had some some difficulties with that, and it's just uh, well, a I, I think sales, particularly corporate technology sales, you know, there's a there there there's just no place for the person that doesn't know what they're talking about and know what they're doing, and uh, you know the the days of the you know the boozy guy that doesn't know anything. I mean, there's really not much of a role for that person anymore. But I guess to shorten that would be just just get over it. <laughs> get over it. Like, uh, you, you know, just you don't need to spend a lot of time thinking about that. You know, because there's a lot of paths for salespeople. I mean, particularly in this entrepreneurial, you know, startup world. It's, I mean, how many CEOs are former salespeople? And and you get to go in and out of so many different types of companies, and and you see behind the curtain really quickly about everything that's going on, and um, and you just and you have your freedom, which is ultimately the thing that I, I love about it. You're running your own business. All right, moving on, we've got Max Altschuler, a good friend of mine, founder, CEO of Sales Hacker, and author of Hacking Sales. Definitely a book you should go and get today. Yeah, I think they just released a new uh, a new version. Yeah, he did an updated, updated, updated version. version. It's great. Uh, definitely hit up Amazon and, and take a look. and. Uh, We'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. So Max tells his younger self to pay attention to how people interact. You know, be be a student of human communication. 
And of course, watch a lot of infomercials. Pay attention to human interaction and get really into kind of advertising and psychology and all these different things about how humans interact with other humans. I think that's one of the things that I've learned the most from in sales is um, reading kind of like, um, you know, scientific advertising type books, um, David Ogilvy books, um, paying attention to uh, how humans interact with other humans. One of my favorite things to do growing up, which is a little weird, um, is uh, watch infomercials. I love how they sell you just for an hour straight. And you know, the, the other perk obviously is like getting to watch them make like that like succulent turkey on that little like steam cooker thing, which is, you know, <laughs> uh, you know makes me hungry, but um, it's great. I mean, these are some of the best salespeople in the world and they're, you would have no idea that they're selling you hard. You know, for all you know, they're just, they're on TV playing around with a, you know, kitchen timer or something like that, but they're hitting you hard over the head and with like time-tested tactics. So if you really pay attention to what these people are doing, you can learn a lot, and it's like entertaining television. No, and I know from my grandmother that those uh, those QVC uh, spots really work. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it, 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 one. she's the early adopter. She's the. <laughs> it's amazing some of the things I've seen her buy uh, yeah. watching TV. That, <laughs> that, that's you know, you know what they make a lot of money. They're very good at what they do. They are very good. You're you're right. I think there's a lot to be learned from them. Have you ever seen the show? Um, I, I don't I don't think it's around anymore, but I think it was a Discovery show called Pitchman, and it was with. Um, Billy Mays and um, what's that guy's name? S- Sullivan. I've, no, Anthony but Sullivan. Billy Mays was great at what he did. Yeah, exactly. It, that show is all about going in, like behind the scenes, with how they actually approach infomercials. How do they get to like the most catchy thing? How do they actually structure and pitch these uh, these products on TV? And they're not able to ask questions in their sales process, but they make assumptions based on you know obviously what you would what a buyer you know, problems would be, your pain points would be, et cetera, et cetera. And then they address them in a really well-articulated, really good structurally, like structured thinking manner. And they do it when they talk with inflection in their voice, with the, the perfect pauses and the perfect emphasis on certain things. And the entire pitch that they're giving you is time-tested. They've gone back, they've done their homework, they've talked to a ton of people, they've done customer development. and. On top of that, they're great salesmen in general. Like these people can speak on stage and you know woo an audience because they know how to speak. They're on television, so almost everything that a Billy Mays or you know um, what's the um, Ronco guy that yep. does the rotisserie yep. chicken. I mean that guy's you know you talk about the best salesmen in, in history. Those guys are are up there, and you get to to watch them for a half hour or hour on television and study what they do. I mean it's not like going through a college course, but you might as well. That is the closest thing you can get to in the United States to a sales course, you know, since they don't teach it in college or high school for some reason. So, honestly, if I was a, you know, if I'm telling somebody what to do and they have limited resources early on in their career, go watch QVC. Yeah, I definitely agree with Max on this one. Um, definitely love the show Pitchman with Billy Mays and uh, I think it's Anthony Sullivan over there. Um, you can learn a lot from those guys standing in front of the camera. Just, you know, they have to be on every time. So, yeah, great energy, very clear, concise, you know, keeping people's attention. It's, it's those, those skills that you can't just read out of a book. You have to just do a lot of practice. Yeah, exactly. And I know Pitchman is a little hard to find, um, but with, with your sales, you know, research skills, hopefully you can go <laughs> uh, figure that out. But uh, so up next, we have a returning frequent guest, Sean Shepard. 
He's the co-founder over at GrowthX, a venture capital firm and leading market development accelerator. So uh, definitely check out GrowthX.com and follow him on Twitter, uh, Sean A. Shepard. That's S-E-A-N-A-S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. And Sean would tell his younger self to be more confident, uh, trust your instincts, and always be helpful. So now we will shepherd in John. <laughs> well, the first thing is, into personally, there's no distinction between personal and professional development. So anything you can do to improve yourself improves your profession. That's one of the key points. Another key point is trust your gut. Uh, another is to always be helpful. And I think from a, from a business perspective, uh, seek first to understand, which is an old uh, Confucian in a Buddhist reference, it's an Eastern religion reference of sorts, I don't remember who you attribute it to, but, but take an attitude and a behavior of that, uh, that my success is predicated on the success of those that I, I help. And by that I mean, in order to truly understand, in order to truly be helpful, in order to truly be successful, you have to make others successful. Because in business, people only purchase products for one of three reasons, either to make money, save money, or avoid prison. <laughs> and and I very joke true. about the last one, but it's actually a very important one. It's compliance. It's risk. So people, avoid, people purchase to avoid risk uh, and comply um, as the third reason. But primarily, depending on the business that you're in, you need to understand which of those is the most important and which one's which one's primary, which one's secondary, and which one's tertiary, if at all. Uh, and, and you have to do that by looking beyond the individual that you're reaching out to to talk to into how they're measured and how their business is run. So you have to become, you have to have solid business acumen. Understand how somebody's business works and what, what will make them successful and how you can help them achieve that. Because selling is just finding out what people want and then doing what you can to get it, get it to them. Right. And closing is what happens when you're fully immersed in that experience. It's a byproduct. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a, a trick or a tactic or a manipulation or a step in a process. It's just a byproduct of what happens when you're fully immersed in trying to make somebody else successful. Ryan Levitt's up next from LearnCore. Uh, and LearnCore is an awesome training and coaching solution for sales teams. Yeah, and Ryan agrees with Sean. Uh, when he first got, got started in sales, he was selling just to make money. Um, and he really started to be a lot more successful when he stopped learning and just really started helping people. Okay. So here's Ryan. Some advice I would give to myself is to be extremely genuine and and truly inquisitive in your interactions. So when you're talking to someone, whether it's um, on the phone, whether it's in an event in person, whether you're grabbing coffee with them or at a meeting, be totally engaged in that conversation and ask questions where you really care about the answers. Um, and then if you can, be helpful, right? And, and don't necessarily try to sell something. Try to actually be helpful and be genuine. And in doing that, you, you earn the right to ask the difficult questions and you're investing in a long-term relationship because um, I think that where salespeople fail and where I probably did it at one time in my career and maybe I do now too, is that people think that sales is just one transaction, um, but really focusing on the relationship and the connections and how you can really help 
the other individual or the other company is um, is truly what what it's all about. And I think that when I was just starting off, you, you, you didn't realize that we were just selling to to make some money and get revenue. And it wasn't truly about solving those problems. Up next is Jay Ryan Williams. He's the VP of Sales over at Lead Genius. And if you've listened to past podcasts here, you know what he's all about. <laughs> yes, and uh, Jay Ryan would tell his younger self to stop trying to be great at everything and just focus on one thing. Ryan puts it, uh, be a porcupine. Yeah, I'd say the number one thing is just to go all in and be really good at one thing. Right. And, and books like Good to Great, Jim Collins talks about having a hedgehog concept, this thing that you do so well that that makes you defensible. Right. Because you end up with with spines on your back because that's the thing you do so well. Um, and the salespeople that I know who are outstanding in their field are, are folks who have that one or two or three things that, that they got so good at that nobody even just comes near them. And that uh, and that may be you can accurately forecast. That may be that you can always close business in a particular vertical um, because you know that vertical so well. But but if you focus on one thing, you become an expert for that. You know, and there's there's a lot of our our our, our jobs that require generalist type skills too. You know, um, but if you can focus on on that that one job or that one role or that one particular skill within that job and, and be really refined, you'll get known as the person who can do that. And then all of a sudden, if you know anybody else who's working a deal on that vertical will come find you and say, hey, you know what? You were the first one that closed something in, in the software vertical. Like, what do, what do I need to know about advertising and software companies? And then you become that expert in, in that thing. And finally, we have Brian Burkett, and he is the VP of sales over at Lean Data, and they provide an account-based lead management solution. So go check out leandatainc.com. And Brian echoes some of the advice we've heard during this episode, and that's to really buy in and commit to sales, even though you have to start from zero every month or quarter. Uh, so here's Brian. So I think one is like, you know, and I, and I give this advice to a lot of sort of early stage sellers is, um, you know, you, you really got to figure out if you can stick with it, right? I think anyone can have a good quarter, anyone can have a good year, but the real sales professionals can be consistent year over year. And that, I think, is the hardest thing for early stage professionals to figure out, especially millennials today. Is like they have some success. And then with sales, you have to start over, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually. And that's not an easy thing to do. So it, you, know, you really have to ask yourself, do you have the fortitude to be able to start at zero, go out and earn your commission every year, Prove yourself every day. Um, and, and it's okay if that's not who you are. There are plenty of other great professions. But if you truly want to be exceptional, like buy into it and commit to it uh, and understand that there's going to be ups and downs. I mean, I, was, I walked away from it and feel like I gave up two years that could have you know, even pushed me further along in my trajectory. Um, but I had to figure out if it was right for me. Nobody sets out to like go into sales. You, most people fall into it. Um, and so it's okay to question it, but 
you need to figure out if it's right for you and really decide if you want to stick with it and make it a career. And the sooner you can do that and commit to it and buy in, the more successful you'll be. All right. And that is our show for today. You have been listening to Stories from the Sales Floor and another special thanks to our guests, Mike Weinberg, Garth Moulton, Max Altschuler, Sean Shepard, Ryan Levitt, and J. Ryan Williams, and... Brian Burkett. Wow, we had a lot this time. Yeah, definitely a, a pretty uh, pretty formidable crew there. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully you'll like this episode. And coming up next week, uh, we've we've all been pushed to the edge before, right? And and sometimes we've been past it. And we are asking our guests about a time that they let their egos or tempers kind of get the best of them and they completely lost it with a customer or prospect. So this should be a good one. Stay tuned for next week. Pretty relevant. I'm I'm reading uh Ego is the enemy. So that's oh, a, that's a great a, book. Love great it. Book. I'm enjoying it. So yeah. have you have you been pushed to the edge one too many times, Ben? Several several <laughs> times in my life, but never with a customer. There I you swear. go. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at sftsf podcast, and for more content and info on how to connect with our guests, head over to salesfloorstories.com. Also, check out our services. Visit datanize.com to find the perfect prospects at the right time. And to be more effective at following up with those prospects, check out PersistIQ.com. I'm Brandon Redlinger. And I'm Ben Sardella. We'll see you next time on Stories from the Sales Floor. And don't forget, share my shit. <laughs>